today we have Josh Harris. He's an artist. He's an internet entrepreneur born in 1960. He created We Live in Public, an art project and installation in New York City in the 1990s, which will be made into a film produced by Ben Stiller with Jonah Hill starring as Josh Harris. I had a discussion with Josh about an article that he has written for White Hot Magazine about his museum project and his work as an artist and his time in New York between the art and tech worlds. Welcome, Josh. Welcome, Noah Becker. To the Josh. Uh, John Harris, nonetheless. Nonetheless, or, or more the less. I was about um, to plug White Hot Magazine's podcast, but, you know. Right, right. You, you cut me off. So uh, I listened okay, to your previous uh, podcasts, and uh, mm-hmm. so bad, I have to say. I was, I, 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 I hate to admit it, but I was uh, kind of impressed. Nice. Dang. <laughs> this is a... Um, uh, maybe you got lucky. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure exactly. I'm not sure exactly how much. I mean, there's a bit of an introduction that uh, comes with these podcasts that talk about your history a little bit. I'm uh, thinking that we should talk about your project with uh, museums that you've put together. Can you remind me the name of this project? Because I'm in the process of editing and publishing it i just want to hear it from you well the running title is cyber cybership perception 2024 tate museum i screwed it up a little bit but it's their idea to take over a major museum for at least a year matching moguls with artisans and unlimited resource to produce the future in advance so that we can all see the, the cage we're walking into before the gate slams us in the ass. Okay. Um, and what's the gate for people who are uninitiated? Well, you know, technology, it's, it's, it's when the algorithmic cloud overwhelms the human conditions condition it's when the algorithmic cloud overwhelms the human condition and we become um animals in the zoo rather than the guys running the zoo right and we the lion it's we're basically you know the lions and tigers of uh prior to the industrial revolution so the article that we're doing together at white hot magazine is titled Cast and Call for the Tate Cybership. Yes. And so the idea is, if you're going to build the future in advance uh, in, the, in, in the museum proper and that, that emanates out to the world, you know, how do you construct the future in advance? So uh, I, my, the first pass at it is in the article. And it sort of suggests, you know, our, you know, loom, you know, uh, best of breed in the world, most famous people to sort of headline the various as- or selected aspects uh, uh, and components of uh, building the future in advance at the Tate Modern. 
So for example, um, well, give me, uh, for example, uh, um, um, the red button, right? Uh -huh. uh, there, actually, Google has a business called the red button. So if, you're, if, if in fact you build the future in advance and it's working, it might work too well. Mm -hmm. So you need a red button to turn it off because the few, it might, it, it's, it's a weird uh, paradox because if it were, if you build the future in, in advance, because you've with, you know, unlimited funds, you know, you, you can, right. you can kind of do it, then it might work so well that it might actually trigger the AI to take over. So, so if you hit the red button, at least buys us a little time. Right. In your <laughs> casting call for the Tate cybership, you have atmospherics as the first thing here. Yep. Then air sommeliers for the herd. Atmosphere custom design for every breath of every person. Elon Musk, Madonna, Tom Sachs, Jennifer Lawrence. We just covered the red button where we can anticipate threats and plan around them. But so could a super intelligent agent and it would be much better at that than we are. The way to stop this from happening, according to Google, is the big red button, which you just kind of explained. But why, why Lady Gaga, Mark Zuckerberg, Amanda Gorman, and Arnold Schwarzenegger in the red button category? Well, I just took a first pass. Who's on the top okay. line? I picked pick Madonna because um, I just, I don't know, I just cropped, I don't know, just intuition or something. Then uh, who else? Got, and Zuckerberg is obvious, you know, you got, because the whole point is, is Zuckerberg is is actually accelerating our entry into uh, the zoo mm -hmm. so that this gives him a way of sort of, um, you know, uh, uh, temporizing. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, mm -hmm. and by the way. Yeah. OK, go ahead. So then. We had the next category in your um, thought piece is Borg, and it says transforming humans into working cyborgs, cybernetic organisms linked in a hive mind. And below that, you have Jeff Koons, Abby Disney, George Lucas, and Cher Wang. Who, who is Abby Disney? Abby Disney is uh, a descendant of Walt. And um, I just dig her thing. She has money, obviously. And I just, she's, she's just, I just, she seems like, I don't know, Walt, Walt would be winking at this. I'm a Walt mm -hmm. Disney fan, sort of, I guess. Mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, she just seems like the right person. And she has some worldwide notoriety. I don't know. And, you know, this was, again, I just sort of first passed it. Mm-hmm. But okay, uh, but the question is, is and why not? You know, George Lucas, obviously, because if you know, if you know, part of uh, part of building the Borg is you've got to wire into people's brains, which is now sort of be kind of emerging as a possibility that you can, um, you know, enhance people's brain with the cloud. So you've got a, there's a technical part of it. And then, you know, people in the Tate, the Tate modern are ambulating around. So they've got to be fitted with all this gear on their body. Right. And, and so, you know, stylized, but it's still got to work. And, you know, for the sake of the listener, can you explain yeah. 
why it is that you want to do this with a museum? Because our artistic license. It's a very dangerous thing, especially if you involve children and you'll want to involve children. You know, you just have to, if it's expensive to do that, but you can get away with murder with artistic license in a major museum, which you can't do like the big moguls that come in. It offers, mm -hmm. they, it, 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 it exposes them to artistic freedoms that they had never had in their life because in business, you have all these constraints and, and responsibilities and all that. So you can't quite do this kind of stuff. In a museum, they're free. Even a billionaire is constrained in the real world, but in the museum, they're free. Mm -hmm. And that's critical, as any artist can tell you. Any, mm -hmm. any that's hat worth hat worth their salt artists, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have uh, after that phase, which you call Borg, we have the go. This part is called the go. And it says the gamification of a principal bodily function. And then you list Susan Wojcicki, Spencer, is that the way you say her name? I'm not sure. Spencer Tunick, yeah. Greta Gerwig, and Ben Stiller. Yeah. And well, what, is, what is the what is the go about? Well, I watched the commercials. You know, it's uh, 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 you know toilet paper or whatever. What's the name of the brand? Huggy, not Huggies. Uh, Charmin. They call it the go. Don't squeeze the Charmin. Yeah, well, it's they they it's their nice way of saying it's, it's the go is a nice way of saying you know pissing and crapping. Okay. Okay, nice. and. And the reason, you, you know, you think, oh, that's kind of, uh, you know, it's not déclassé or something. But, you know, it's a bodily function that happens five times a day, five or ten right. times a day for everybody. And but why is Ben Stiller in the gamification? Because of, it's, of because to make it to make it kind of socially acceptable, you have to create a and sort of Greta as well. It's sort of like, uh, you know, something about Mary when he zips up his, his scrotum. Right. It's that kind of humor. I see. And, you know, it's and it's also, again, this is why you can do it in a museum. You can talk you can talk shit in a museum that you can't talk on the outside world. Literally. Okay. And then the next part is called the helm. And it's a working command deck optimized for human engagement with the algorithmic cloud. We have Mackenzie Scott, Banksy, JJ Abrams, and Zaha Hadid. Yeah, it's got to look like the starship, a working starship enterprise. And so they're got... going to be in there like Banksy will be like Captain Kirk. JJ well, no, 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 no. They're going to make this, they're going to build the ship. And yeah, they'll do, uh, you know, captain for a day, admiral for a lifetime is the slogan. So they'll be the captain, they'll run the <laughs> ship, but really you want the you want the populace within the Tate Museum to sort of determine their own captain. And by the way, it's, it's not necessarily a closed group of people in the Tate. The idea is that you ask the world to bring in the right people to, to, to populate the Tate. And then when somebody, uh, you know, it, it has, there's a finite number of crew members that you can put in the Tate. So, the idea is that you bring somebody in from the world, that means somebody's got to leave the tape. Mm -hmm. Sort of. 
And the idea is at the end, when the thing's running properly, you know, maybe Banksy is the right is the next Captain Kirk, but that's unlikely by odds. You right. know, you know. So the idea is to, but those guys all kind of, you know, if, if those guys all work together with unlimited funds, you know, and and access to the best of breed technology ahead of its mm -hmm. time technology, I presume they could. It'll look cool. So is this a museum show or is this an actual museum takeover? That's what I yes. can't get. Yes. Yes to both. Yes. I mean, okay. you're taking over the museum and the the real question, let's say you agreed it with the museum and take it over for a year. In my opinion, if you, if you get, if you get to month 11, they ain't gonna, they ain't gonna, they aren't gonna put in, uh, start putting in, you know, paint on canvas back into right. you know because this is way and especially if in fact um the inflection point starts getting traction this is a huge deal to humanity and so they they're right. not going to be able to you know it's like they got a hit they're not going to close it right so it's literally okay. taken over the tape maybe until the end of mankind so the next part of the exhibition takeover is called Mission Control, and you're orchestrating cyberspace missions, big and small. And you have the Mark Benoff, Stacey Abrams, Larry David, and Christina Koch are the participants in that phase of the yeah, museum. Yeah, Salesforce.com guy is Mark. And, mm -hmm. you know, missions, you know, you've got a, it's a process to run a mission. So he's he's the right guy, and he's a, you know he's a huge tech mogul, so he has access to you know whatever, and the missions you know, the missions might be are, are big and small. You know maybe it's uh, well I don't want to get into the mission set, but you know you can you get if you can orchestrate a, a, and coordinate not only the people in the museum but to the emanating people on the outside. This is sort of like a, a control room for the for for the art in the world, then you can get a million million people or more to do something right. in coordination. Well, Larry David, you know, he's the guy you bring in to do something kind of, uh, you know, tickle your funny bone guy. Right. Right. And, and Greta Gerwig is, I picked her, I just picked two uh, uh, film and television people because they have to, the, the missions have to be kind of cinematic you know the big ones right right that kind of thing um okay which this is quite a big project actually yeah it's, it always, next, it's at least five billion dollars the next phase is ev elegant evolution human to ai peaceful transfer of power this area has bill gates marina abramovic annette benning and george clooney oh that sounds like an interesting group yeah bill you know well, first of all, Bill Gates, uh, uh, Bill's cool. And, you know, he's, he's got, you know, he doesn't have like the art, he has the artistic edge of a butter knife, but he's cool and he's got good common sense. And, <laughs> and have you spent time with any of these people or are these just people that you've kind of gathered well, in your head? Not person to person with Bill, but I kind of, we were, you know, we grew up in the tech game together. He know, we know each other, believe me. Right. I don't know George Clooney. I don't know Abramovich. Who's the fourth one? I forgot. Um, George Clooney. No, it's Clooney, Gates, 
Abramovich, Annette Bening. Well, I just, uh, you know, because she's got, she's the class. Cooney and Benning okay. are the class. Then we get to surfaces of the Tate Modern enveloped by the algorithmic cloud. This area features Stella McCarthy, Frank Gary, is it Geary or Gary? I can't remember. Cindy Sherman, Larry Page. Yeah, you got to make the, you got to, the inside and out, you know, imagine if you clad the Tate Modern with video, with, the, you know, with the flat screens and in the form mm -hmm. of a spaceship or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, same with the inside. So you want to, the physical structure has to be virtualized. And those guys, you know, I, Frank, you know, Frank mm -hmm. Geary, of course, but, uh, you know, there's, you got to have. Now, this is interesting. Yeah. You're talking about monoliths. Um, is this kind of like that metal monolith that keeps showing up? Well, I'm more of the 2001 that? Space Odyssey monolith guy. His right. argument, you know, the two smartest you know, the best filmmaker, arguably, of, you know, of his generation and the best science fiction writer of his generation from 2001 Space Odyssey believed in the monolith. They, they basically their whole their you know, everything they believe went into that monolith. And basically sort of like the Harvard guy saying that one is just flopped out of our orbit. Right. Uh, the, whatever that's called. And yeah. So the idea is to, and sort of like you saw them being put in the desert and all that, but in this case, millions of them put around the world and they light up and do things. What they do and how they light up and what their physical structure is, is the art and to, to TBD. Mm -hmm. So it's thousands of monoliths installed millions, on the Earth. Millions, millions. So okay. that, just for argument's sake, let's say you put a million monoliths around the world. Well, that's that's $4 billion right there. I like the group that you're going to have involved with the monoliths. It's Leonardo DiCaprio, Bernard Arnault, Cicely Brown, Tim Cook, Damien Hirst. Yeah, because the, there's programming in it and all that, but it's, it's, mm -hmm. they're, they're the right kind of mindset for that, I think. Right. Now the question uh, is: While we're here, okay, are we any others before we? We're like, almost done. Okay. We have two more okay, categories, and then we're keep done going. with that part. Uh, this says feed, managing every member of the herd's every bite of food. Jenny Saville, Julian Schnabel, and Sophie Peak, and Sean Penn. Yeah, I want. I'm a, I, I, yeah, I'm, I like Penn's work in. Uh, in Jamaica, I guess that's why that he he got it. Okay, and then the final category is hive orchestra. Millions and millions work in concert to produce programming for the AI. Melinda Gates, Arturo Toscanini, Takashi Murakami, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, I like the way you have some people from the afterlife. Oh, who'd I? Who'd I? Who'd I who'd, who's dead? Arturo Toscanini, I think, has been dead for quite a while. Okay, I put him in there. I guess, but, I guess I, my uh, wiki, wiki was wrong. Oh, okay. So, uh, okay, so that's kind of that. That's the general tone of the article for White Hot Magazine that we've been working on. Yep. Um, and so you're looking for museums to connect with. No, that's with not the first concept. step. First step is. Uh, First step is we write an article and put it in White Hot Magazine. The next step is we start attaching, um, you know, uh, artists and moguls 
whatever, or, or artisans and moguls to each of the categories and develop new categories, because I picked a selection of categories, and having them agree to do it if, in fact, it becomes, if, if it, when it becomes real. So really, all you have to do is roll one mogul and, it's, and, and it'll probably get done. So it's the it's the it's leading up to getting uh, to presenting it to a mogul who can make it happen because you just need one to 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 get to that point and then um, once you have the a mogul behind it you know I you know Tate will hear us out right but with you know with right. billions of dollars behind you. I'm guessing that the new museum in New York or the MoMA in New York or the Pompidou in Paris might perk up their ears because, you know, if in fact it, it you know, this makes sense to them, it's not just, oh, we got to show it a museum. It's you're pumping, you know, billions of dollars into that economy. So it's not a trivial right. matter to that, to the, to the venue nor, or its city or country. Right. So it's just, you know, it's, how do you get from the question now is how do you get from, you know, here to there? And that and part of the process mm -hmm. is to start as getting people to, to agree to be in these categories of building the future. And part of it, the process of doing that will basically promote the concept of doing it in general. So that's right. the game plan. I see. Okay. Well, while we're, while we're talking, I was thinking of uh, you. You had asked me if I miss New York. Yes. And, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about the pandemic. What What do you think about the pandemic? How has the pandemic affected you? And what do you What do you think is going on with the pandemic? I, I'm thinking you're not a pandemic denier or an anti-vaxxer. Well, I'm I'm suspicious people. is where I'm at because in my mind, look, mm -hmm. let's think of it. Think of let's say there's AI out there. The, the, the little you know, the one out in space that the Harvard guy saw, let's just say there is a monolith out there and it's now working because it knows we're getting to the inflection point. So if you, the nice thing about putting, putting a, a, a writing code for the virus, because it's just code, let's face it, you know, that's what the DNA is, just code. When you foist a virus on the population, basically it, 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 puts people in their cages. Well, right. my point of view is, yeah, maybe it's just nature and all of that, but I don't believe that. I think that there's an intelligence that is guiding us, that's trying to guide us to an elegant evolution. Because they know this isn't the first hmm. time in the history of the universe that, uh, you know, a, a uh, biological, uh, you know, Biological sentient beings have been displaced by artificial intelligence. So if you know, and, and right. the, if there's another thing that's been going around, the whole idea that um, that it's that 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 civilizations are like ours are very likely to kill themselves, nuclear holocaust or whatever it is. So maybe part of what part of what that AI is doing is helping us prevent that. So that we can evolve, mm -hmm. because we could blow up the world and that evolution to AI goes away. Now we're in the right. Matrix world, right. you know, the movie The Matrix. Right. 
just a disclaimer this is not a QAnon podcast yeah, this is, or an anti yeah yeah it's just i don't yeah I don't, i'm not into politics podcast. or any of that i'm just looking at it if i was a i'm looking at it from the point of view of the other the next level intelligence the zookeepers that in fact they've mm -hmm. done this before so right. eh, you know i could be wrong but you know what even even if it's not true um it's good art Mm -hmm. So either way, or actually it's mm -hmm. both ways, because if, if it's uh, good art and it's true, it's, you know, now we've now at the end of, you know, there's the one way the artist would characterize this as a gigantic site specific installation at a mega museum. Right. right. But um, the rest of the world, uh, hopefully will consider it the, you know, the uh, the uh, the last waltz for humankind. And uh, the world, uh, and the uh, which happens to be the greatest party in the history of mankind, or humankind. Right. Now, on a personal level, what do you think people that are aware of you, because you've done a lot of really public stuff over the years, what do you think people listening who already know your story a thousand times over, what do you think they want to know about you that they don't know? Oh, uh, let me think about that. Get get to the next question. Let me ponder that. Because okay. you know that's a thoughtful <laughs> question. I'm trying to I'm trying to like get a little bit more. Well, okay, okay I got into... it. I got it. Wait, I you know what? You know what? Why did you I go? Mean, why did you, you go to New York? Why did you go to New York? Sort of. I'll ask you. Let me ask you the question. Why? Maybe? You know, you had a one day. You said I'm moving to New York. What was your What was your intent? Right. Uh, what were you planning to do in New York? Uh, I wanted to be Charlie Parker on the saxophone, and I wanted to be a famous painter, like a, a Basquiat or Warhol kind of figure in the New York history. Okay, so which, you know, arguably you, you did pretty good. I did better than I thought I would do. Well, and it's, and you know, way. you're still in and your I, prime as an artist or you're just hitting your prime. Yeah. Somewhat. You know, so. Yeah. We'll I'm see. just saying uh, from, from my perspective, if you're, if you flipped it and you're like now, now inter interviewing me, the minute I tried to ask you about yourself, see, this is where it gets good is when we it's start, about you. There, you know, there's a little, there's a little <laughs> bit of an on guard yeah. going on. <laughs> Dodge Perry thrust, you know, like that. It's like that Donald, did you ever see that? Uh, was it a Donald Duck cartoon? They were, they were uh, fencing. No, I missed that. Or maybe I did. I don't. It, it was like Dodge Perry thrust. Um. In any case, yeah. I mean, I remember watching the uh, Julian Schnabel movie Basquiat when it came out, and I thought, oh, living in New York and being an artist and all of that would be so great and so glamorous huh the first time i went to new york unfortunately my life was a bit like the basquiat movie like the basquiat movie so what was, was your nice drug to watch but and were you getting were you, life, and he was getting the, the women as far as i could see well that's never been a problem yeah. for me huh. but what <laughs> that particular <laughs> that particular movie um sorry See, now you're drawing me out of my shell. How dare you? How dare you? Um, that, I mean, you were in New York. How, how many years 20? were you in New York? Coming back to you. Yeah. 
20? More than more or less. More if you count upstate, you know, right. less if it's New York right. City proper. It just seems to me that like if people do New York right, they go in, they have their wild career, it gets documented in either a feature film or a documentary after they're gone or dead. And then their imprint is on New York. Like when you think about Jack Kerouac and Bob Dylan and Andy Warhol yeah. and Jackson yeah. Pollock and all these people, you immediately, even though they're, they're either dead or they haven't lived in New York in years, they still have this ghost. Well, I have to say from my point of view, I, I lived for one of them because I got the doc, right? We live in public and that one Sundance. I'm hoping to be alive. For, for huh. the, you know, the Hollywood guys are. By the way, the Hollywood guys have now switched, which have switched to. Uh, they want to do a a, a a TV series. Last I heard. <laughs> oh, about so you can talk. No, about no, that a little let's, bit, let's not get there. Uh, it's public knowledge that uh, Ben Stiller at Bold Productions has been considering making the movie about We Live in Public, and you know, and the. Right. Ben Stiller is considering making a movie about the story of We Live in Public and having Jonah Hill play you. Yeah, except now they're considering it as a series. But last I heard, but who knows? Mm. You know, the, the funny thing about that is, um, you know, I, I grew up in, in the Hollywood industry in junior high school. And so somehow I understand that they're good with knowing when when to pull the trigger on a project. So it's been going on for a while and it may right. never happen, but I trust the fact they'll, they know. Back to, right. back to the ranch. My right. interest in, my, you know, I left a beautiful woman in graduate school who I could have married and had a family with and been very successful, but I had a mistress called New York City because I somehow in my deep recesses, just like most artists that show up there, I, I had something to do. And what, I, what I did was sort of the dress rehearsal for what, you know, the quiet part, event, but all the things behind it that led up to it were all part of that. That was, that was the dress rehearsal for what we're proposing to do at the Tate Modern. And uh -huh. so I had to, I had to get my I street see. creds because I got, I, you know, I did it once and or not me, by the way, a crew of the finer artists in New York did it once. And so now we want to enhance that and take the finer artists of New York City and combine them with the world's best finest artists and artisans to to do to right. do the Tate or 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 whoever uh, hops up to the plate. Right. So that was my right. game for going to New York, and you know, and then one and when that there was a day when I walked out of my loft after doing the after wiring it beautifully and living with the Truman Show girlfriend, you know, whatever that was. But I walked out of my loft and New York City wasn't home anymore. It basically told me in 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 the ways that knows how that you got to leave. And so um, the next day I left, went, moved upstate, never came back really for 10 years. And do you think you're ever going go to go back so. to New York City or is that but, you know, we'll see where the we'll see where the right. fates, you know, you know, the winds of fate right. blow me. And I'm presuming mm -hmm. you're having the same uh, in, internal questionnaires yourself. Well, right now it's like 
you have the option of being locked in your apartment in New York with nothing going well, on. Well, presuming that uh, the, the ex-president was right that someday it will end. Um, you know, we, although I well, personally, I think this is prime time for getting into New York because the, the beauty of when I, you know, I was there in the 80s and 90s, but, you know, in the 80s and 90s, there were, there were squats aplenty in the East Village, and Williamsburg was basically mm -hmm. desolate. And those are conditions that are ripe mm -hmm. for artists. Cheap rent or free rent, because right. it's not a, you know, generally speaking, you know, you can't make a living as an artist. Right. Oh. Generally well, speaking, I, although I know yes, I mean, you know, it's not like you're if you go into banking that you you know you can make a living at the local bank or you can run Chase Manhattan. As an artist, you're either selling right. your art or you're broke. And, well, you tell me, you, uh, true right. or false? Well, I've been living off of my art for oh god, over a decade. I mean, I put the magazine under the canopy of my art. In addition, well, to well, well we call it just but painting. I, I think, Let's not get into you. Let's just say the average artist, you know, right. it's either you, the average artist has to get grants, yeah. residencies, and fa or family money, or be born yeah. rich, or have a wild enough career that they're selling paintings for large. Or if you're like a guy like me, you, you know, you, you start a relevant set of tech companies in New York City that not only provide you with the re financial resources, but the access to the art, art technology scene in order right. to put this all together. Oh, I also like, by the way, I also like your paintings. You do a lot of paintings of like Gilligan. Yeah. I've seen some other um, paintings. Doing, yours, and by the way, but, okay, I'm, so let's I'm go there for a second. So when I'm, my, the paintings I'm making now are not designed for human consumption because, well, you know, Great art. How long does it have to? How long does it have to be in the world for it to be considered good to great art? How many years? Really, not popular art, but you know, like a hundred well, years. If it's not around in a hundred years, it isn't great art, right? So back right. to our Miami uh, basil experience. I'll ask you, what year do you think the inflection point will happen, and in that the AI will overwhelm? The algorithmic cloud will overwhelm the human condition. What year do you think that will occur? Mm, 20, so that means 40. that at, in 2040, the only people, that, the only entity that matters to appreciate your art is, you know, has to be interested in it. So all of the art that I'm making is not mm -hmm. designed for, for humans. It's designed for the AI to appreciate. Yeah. And by the way, if you have that well, art and it appreciates it, when it com comes time to, you know, start culling down the herd, it's my art is sort of like an insurance policy. If you think about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for being a guest. Um, I, I will catch up with you over the next little bit. Um, we're in touch quite regularly, or at least I haven't talked in a while, but Thanks again for being a guest on the show, and um, we're we're going to connect when we publish the article shortly at White Hot Magazine um, that we went through earlier in the podcast. And I'd like to let, day, blow Josh. some wind up your ass. Um, keep up the good work with mm -hmm. White Hot. Thank you. 
Good luck. Um, Cheers. I'll be in touch. Good luck. Bye-bye. You're listening to the White Hot Magazine of Contemporary Art podcast with your host, Noah Becker.